Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and this is the first episode of 2021. Happy New Year? We're a couple of weeks in, but we got there. It's an interview with Sligo artist Miles Manley, who's currently residing in Delaware in America. And yes, the chat took place over Zoom, that great signifier of things gone wrong in 2020. But it is handy for me doing interviews, to be honest. Miles has been releasing music for almost a decade now. Most recently, Cometh the Softies, an album which came out at the end of November. It's kind of nice to have a couple of weeks and months with an album before talking to the artist about it. And while obviously best of lists got in the way, I was very happy to find my way to Come at the Softies earlier this month. It's a more direct album from Miles who says it aims to navigate the likes of nationalism, capitalism and sexuality via the language of playground bullying. So we had a good chat last week about life in America, his creative process, open mic night, sexuality, his ah video series from 2020, come at the softies and missing gigs. Such is life in 2021. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy the chat, uh, despite a couple of sound issues. My bad, my bad. And if you stick around to the end, you can listen to Where We Under Attack from England, the opening track off Come at the Softies, the music video for which was made in Ross Carberry. And don't worry, we do talk about Ross Carberry and the paddle boats in Ross Carberry. Here's myself and Miles Manley on the Point of Everything podcast. First of all, you're based now in Delaware. Tell me uh, how that came about, how Delaware is at the moment, and maybe for people who don't know their geography of America, I was racking my brain like, where is Delaware? Like, if you, if you want to uh, enlighten uh, the listeners slash maybe me. Yeah, Delaware is, um, it's like, a sm- it's part of a small peninsula that's like east of DC, so it's on the coast. It's about three hours south of New York. Yeah, I'm here just because I'm like in a spousal spousal arrangement with an American. So that means that I'm allowed, I was allowed to like come here when, you know, no other Europeans are allowed to travel here, which is very nice for me. When did, uh, when did you head over? Came here like just before Christmas. Oh, okay. Okay. How how have you adapted? It's, I presume it's freezing cold. Like there's probably layers of snow outside. Um, It's actually not cold here because we're right in the coast. So it is cold in Ireland, but it's also like sunny basically every day as well. So it's pretty nice, like to be honest with you. And have you been to America, lived in America before? Like was an easy decision to make? Yeah, I, I spent quite a lot of time here because I used to like come over for years, like I came over first of all on like the J1 visa, you know, the classic. Then I like met Cal and we started going out. So we were in like a long distance relationship for ages. So I, I kept coming coming to stay in New York. Probably spent about two and a bit years in total, like in America, you know, but it was always just on short term kind of like ESTA visa waivers or whatever, you know. Yeah, I would come and like play music a lot. It was kind of like where I started doing the Miles Manley thing more than in Ireland, really, because I would like just work in Ireland and then like come over here and just do music, basically. That was kind of like the arrangement for a while. Ah. Do you want to talk about the early days of Miles Manley first? I was I was going to leave it to the end, but since since you bring it up, if you want to kind of talk about it there, I mean, I mean, I presume you started playing music a long time before you kind of like became the artist Miles Manley. 
Yeah. Um, well, I, I was in like a band in school that had this weird thing where we were like on this televised battle of the bands and like got quite got to the final and everything. And that was like a weird, t like really small scale TV experience, you know. But then after that, I kind of um, sort of gave up playing music for a couple of years after that because I just didn't really like the whole business end of it or something you know what i mean so then like the first time i came to to america was like kind of when i started playing music again it's kind of like you know if we i'd stopped for two years so i kind of like lost my not my confidence exactly but like i just wasn't doing it i didn't have any material or like yeah and it's kind of nice when you go somewhere new you can just kind of start feel like you can start again maybe or something like that you know did you see the business side of it much um after that battle of the bands thing like we're... yeah i had, had we had like loads of people being like oh you're you're really commercial blah 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 and it was i could kind of like see what they thought i was going to be like or something but i'm like this you've got like if you think that i am this thing then i'm not expressing myself very well or something like that you know kind of like I just don't want to be in it. It was kind of like a basic indie band in a way. And I was like, I don't really want to do that. So many artists, like first bands or first experiences of making music must be like that, that kind of sound as well, though. Yeah. And like, it's not like I, I'm ashamed of it or anything. It's just like, I kind of, it was just like, I hadn't been playing music for very long when that happened. So it felt a bit like, this is kind of shallow. They're just taking advantage of something that can be sold, but isn't that good. Like, that's what I felt like. I yeah. felt like we weren't really that good, you know? And so th that time in between, um, you didn't pick up the guitar. You weren't playing music at all. And like, did you miss it? And what uh, um, spurred you on to, to pick it up again? No, I was still playing music to myself and like writing songs. It was just very like slow. And I wasn't like performing at all, you know? And it was kind of like, in my mind, I was, I was like, oh, I'm still doing this. But then when I had a good look at myself, I was like, oh, I'm actually not doing this at all, you know? You know, that kind of way. In, in that you've got to kind of be seen as putting stuff out there, like actually recording stuff to kind of see yourself as like a, a, a capital letter musician. No, it's just about um, it being the focus of your life, maybe, or something, or something that you're actually like trying really hard at and trying your best at. I don't know. And and so you felt like you came to New York, and then like something clicked, and you were like, ah, well, this makes this makes more sense now. This, you know, I'm I'm older and um, more capable of doing it now. It felt like I suppose it just didn't. I felt much more freedom. Like it felt so anonymous or something, you know. Like that I could just be really bad and it didn't didn't matter or something. So I felt, you know, it felt more comfortable, like just putting out work that I wasn't sure if it was good or not, you know. A big part of it was that, like, on my very first night there, I found the um, Sidewalk Cafe's open stage, which was, like, where, like, anti-folk came from, if you know about that. 
Uh, I think I've kind of heard of it. Yeah, it's like um, moldy peaches and stuff, isn't it? Yeah. So it's kind of a, it was kind of the tail end of anti-folk in that, like, the original gang of people that did that weren't really around anymore. But uh, it was, it was like a really long-standing open mic, basically, where like, um, kind of on a Monday night, where like, a hundred people would show up to sign up every week, you know, to do the open mic, and it would start at eight, and it usually went to like four in the morning or something. I don't know if you've been to open mics, but like generally, ninety percent of stuff is like really bad. And uh, it's still the same ratio there, but like because there's ten percent of good stuff out of a hundred, there's there was always like ten really brilliant songwriters. Like, so if you stayed the whole night, you would see like really great people. Like, because and it was kind of just somewhere to to it was like a community around it, I suppose, where the whole emphasis was on trying new material out, not really on being the finished article or, or or like the currency was kind of like what you were what you'd just written i suppose so that was like a very important thing for me because i used to just like try and have a song ready for every week then you know a new song and that's that's kind of what i mean about like where you're actually work you're working on it it's like because i think it really is just a matter of putting work in really like when you when you have the talent to write songs or whatever. It's just like, if you put, you just have to put the time in really. Like, it's not some sort of magic. And and so as well with that night, was it kind of also just kind of finding a similar group of people as well, kind of pe- new peers um, to, to kind of bounce ideas off as well? Or, or was it that kind of thing? Yeah, but like, I suppose the, eth- the general, the ethos was not like, uh, really commercially minded or something it was it was about like it was a lot of like weirdos you know doing just stuff that is is very personal or very idiosyncratic or whatever you want to call it are are there any acts that come to mind that that people might know that you would have seen there back then um probably not to be honest with you like um like um, Jeffrey Lewis would swing in every so often because that's where he started off as well and that was always like oh Jeffrey's here Jeffrey's here you know he was kind of like the celebrity of of it but then there's other people like to- uh, Toby Goodshank is is the one is like someone that I really looked up to he's like a songwriter who was in the Moldy Peaches actually but he's a solo artist as well there's other people that you probably wouldn't have heard of really and and so when would when would that have been? That would have been like the start of the last decade or something. I'm guessing like 2011 or something. Yeah, 2011, I'd say. Yeah, around that. Mm. And and so like, did the idea of the the say solo project that that you've had kind of since then? Did that that started there and and developed? Yeah, I think definitely that's where I like came up with Miles Manley and where I wrote all my first batch of songs and that kind of thing. You know. And what would have been the idea? Do you think like you're still kind of adhering quite closely to the original idea or have you found that like with every album that you've done that you're kind of like moving further and further on from it? Yeah, um, 
I'm definitely like far away from what my idea was then. Yeah, like I just you know you always change. Um, like at the minute, I'm my project is much more of a band than a solo artist. You know, like I've been playing with Chris and Solov solidly for the last three years or whatever, and not being my main thing that I'm doing. You know, which is so. And even when I introduce us at gigs, I say we are the band Miles Manley, which is like, you know, it's uh, to me, it's like a flexible concept or something. Would would you have been at the start just you wanted to be a uh, solo singer songwriter type or, or were you just kind of like, this is just what, what we'll call it? No, I just find it annoying when bands that are really solo artists have the name of a band. I just think that's why people do that also like i think when you're like a solo artist you have much more capacity to like change your sound from album to album and so on like if you think about the solo artists like you don't really associate a sound with them necessarily like if you think about like bowie or neil young or something or Madonna, they have like very different, uh, you know, you can, you're, you're more free to like change the way you sound or your, your visual thing or all those kind of things. Whereas I think what, with a band, people like love the overall aesthetic of it usually or something, it's much harder to like change that get kind of the, all of the members as well kind of pulling in the one yeah exactly and it's like a collective different. thing you don't have as much um uh yeah you just have to there's much more compromise with it or something but it's also like in a way kind of stronger when it's really good for a band it's like more it's like a, a truck versus a motorbike or something you know yeah um and and so say just before we come up to to um your output in 2020 as like the first person that i've talked to on the ground in america how are you feeling like about the events in the past week in the past like four years is it difficult to kind of square the idea of moving to an america now that like is really divided and like do, do you see it like on the ground in delaware um no like the town that we're living in was I would say like well over 90% voted for Biden and in fact Biden has a summer house in this town you don't feel afraid at all like where we live and there's a few people with like Trump signs in their yards and one in particular still hasn't taken it down which I find kind of hard to believe it's like so that's that is weird but and then it is it's obviously is scary like you know just in general but it's not like life just goes on, obviously. And I think if Trump had won the election, we probably wouldn't have come. Maybe not, you know. But we're only here for three months anyway, so. Oh, right. You're, you're making plans to come back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I'm only here on the, um, the like visa waiver thing. Yeah, we just came to like be locked down somewhere else for a few months. You know, if we're going to be on lockdown, might so be somewhere new. Change the scenery, yeah. Do you have your instruments and um, musical output with you that you're able to create? 
Yeah, I have a, just a guitar with me and like a drum machine. So that's all I use really anyway. So for like writing, you know. How has your creative output been like uh, over this lockdown and like moving country and everything? Have you found that you're you're picking it up less or more or trying different things? Yeah, I think in general, the last year I haven't been that creative. Like I haven't really, I generally like finish things when I have something um, coming up like a tour or, you know, it's it's pretty much always about um, live gigs is the thing that motivates me to like make new stuff. And obviously if that's not happening, it's kind of, you know, probably I just need to change my mind now a bit because it's, I wasn't expecting it to go on this long, but yeah, it's been, it's been really nice in a lot of ways as well. Just it's like a sabbatical or something where you can kind of feel like I'm like recharging my batteries in a way, like reading more and listening to music more and stuff like that. And like kind of expanding the kind of things that I'll be influenced by or something when I start writing properly again. Yeah, like ju- just from like a fan's perspective, I mean, like I'm dying for a gig. I, I really, really miss them. But I, I do kind yeah. of wonder, like from an artist's perspective, what what is it that when you talk about like missing the gigs that you're actually like talking about? Is it just like that's when you can when you can actually see the connection between the the crowd and the song that it, it, yeah, it comes so. across yeah. easier? Yeah, it's just there's just like a certain kind of magic of that where you get where you actually get feedback like straight away or something and it's kind of you know it's like um it's not just spoken or something you can just sense it from people it's really sad that we didn't get to do release gigs for the album like because they're always kind of special things like big release gigs you know in in dublin and in cork or whatever but I don't know, same for everyone, isn't it? So you just get on with it. When when was your last gig? Did you get to play one last year? Yeah, well, we played in Quarter Block Party. That's probably the last gig, which was February of last year, wasn't it? I think that was the last one. I'm thinking, did I see you? Where, where were you playing in Quarter Block Party? Um, In the Kino. I must have seen you. Maybe I, maybe I, maybe I missed it. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry if I did now. Yeah, we were we were just before the bunk. Oh, okay. That was on the Friday night. I was I was working, so I th- I think yeah. I got to see like the end of the bunk set. It looked uh looked like fun anyway. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, it's good. That's a good last gig. Like. Yeah, good. That was what I was gonna say. A good last gig. Um, but despite the lack of gigs, you did seem to have a busy twenty twenty musically. You put out the the triple A video series i took on america and one counseling with kieran and my gentleness and you also put out a new album cometh the softies so it seems like it was a busy year like were you sitting on them for long it was quite a long time actually it was a lot of stuff i mean sorry yeah i mean we had the plan to like release those both those things at the start of the year like that was our plan for the year but obviously we would have done two tours as well like we would have done a tour after the Ah thing came out and another one after the album came out. And so that like the Ah thing was like basically finished, ready to go when the 
the pandemic hits, then I was just like, I'm just going to put it out. Like, it just feels like I can do that. And I find it's, it's like, yeah, it had been ages before it, and I'd released something anyway. So it was like, I can't sit on this any longer, you know? Yeah, so it was actually, it was good to have those things to concentrate on, especially at the start, you know, that that was like my thing to focus on. Mm. So, sorry, I called it the AAA video series. I didn't realize it was the AH video series. Yeah, well, either. I, I don't mind. I I think it's AH, yeah, and it's like a weird long AH. So, ah. Um, so, so you made three videos for those songs that were kind of uh, connected. Were the, are the songs actually connected as well that you released them together, or was it just like uh, those were three that you didn't think felt right for the album that followed? They were kind of yeah. They were kind of like um, I think the first one I took on American One I did think was going to be part of the album. It was probably the first song that I wrote that I wrote, sorry, of, um, of that kind of period of writing. But then, um, yeah, then we just wanted to keep it, the album, like all the, the same kind of sound, the like guitar, drums and bass, and didn't want to have an acoustic song at the end of it or whatever, like that, you know, just wanted it to be like kind of one of those albums where like it's the same sound the entire way through you know then the other two songs were kind of written after the album had already been written and they they weren't written to go together but i just kind of noticed that they had a similar theme or that it was almost like episodic or something you, you did say um that i think was in the in the press release that uh it's quite personal work that i felt i had to get off my chest I don't know, is that is that the thing that kind of grouped them together and like what was it that you had to get off your chest? Yeah, um, it's kind of, it's just about like queer sexuality, I suppose, or like being bisexual. I, I think that's been like, to me, like really obvious part of my work, like right from the start, really. But I feel like um, people like, people sort of gloss over it, people reviewing it or in general, people like promoters, things like that, don't want, don't like talking about that or thinking about it. But I think with those was that it's just like really obvious what it's about or something that you can't ignore it. But maybe people don't think that anyway, I don't know. <laughs> That's interesting uh, because I guess maybe it's, it's, just not um overtly said maybe i mean maybe yeah. maybe you're kind of like letting the listener or the the music or the video watcher kind of like do the work but i, I kind of think that's fine as well you know like people will find what they want in it but i guess media and interview wise uh you kind of need to be you know you kind of need to be held by the hand told what what i know yeah you know like but you, i find you, that yeah, you might not also, you know, some artists might not want their their sexuality out there sort of thing as well, you know? Yeah, there's the whole question of like, are you outing someone or something? But um, I do find it a bit frustrating that the way the culture works, that you have to just like ram it down people's throats or something, if that's what, what you're writing about or 
you know, like you want to make something that's kind of expressive of how vulnerable you feel anyway or something. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting one just from like a say a media point of view. Like, I mean, say Pillow Queens last year released their debut album and, you know, th- they said it in the press releases and they were very open talking about it. And almost every headline, you know, had queer, you know, female guitar band or something like that. So it was very kind of um, overt when they were doing it. But then there's other artists who maybe don't want to put it out there yeah. as much or something. And also... I guess you don't, you know, like when when all of the media outlets are kind of getting that same um, email, they're they're kind of going to write the same sort of thing, and you're going to see the same sort of headline. Whereas yeah. if you keep it kind of, I don't know, um, n- not as overt. Not not that there's anything wrong with like what Pillow Queens did with their with their strategy or anything like that. But I guess uh, you know you kind yeah. of. But I mean, it's fine, you know, people, I think people, like a lot of people really just want a band like that, that are so upfront about it. And um, it's uh, it's different, obviously, like, you know, if, if it's all female queer band, that's like a, a thing that, I mean, it's kind of different from, from me anyways. Like, you know, I think, I think like, um, like bisexual men are in a different place at the minute to that or something, you know? It's the different kind of... Um, at, like there isn't that out with that yet, I don't think. Do you think it's it, it's something that like you're comfortable talking about, kind of, you know, like say your, your sexuality and your art like side by side almost? Um no i th- i've only become more comfortable with it like after a lot of work really like you know like i w- but i always thought it was just obvious anyway and i suppose part of me like kind of resents that you have to make it a thing in the first place that do you know what i mean but I, you do because otherwise people don't like you say people don't pick up on it or like there can be there can be people don't pick up on it because they're uncomfortable with it or, and also because they feel like protective of you. That's the other side of it. Like, you know, it could be both things. So do you feel that like you are kind of more writing about it? Like, like your sexuality and stuff, like you're actually um, turning that into the, the music now, because like visually I would say that it's, you know, it, it's there like that, you you know, like, um people can kind of uh can kind of see and make up their own mind visually but i guess the music and lyrical side of things it does seem like it is more there now than it might have been yeah i think so like that's my own personal journey with it as well like i feel like i was way more kind of like laddie or something when i was younger you know like that that's part of it as well with my first band like we were just like an indie band or at least that's what I wanted to be like nobody else in my band really knew what was going on I was kind of like telling them what to do but um it was very much like landfill indie like enemy band it's like there isn't really room within that to to put across you know to even be be yourself or something be different 
and uh, following on from the Ah uh, series, um, you released uh, your new album, Cometh the Softies, in November. What number album is that for you now? I was trying to figure it out. Is it number three, number four? Um, it's probably technically number two. Like, well, it's fu- yeah, it's funny. Like, I don't know. Like, there's the greatest hits, 2012 to 2013. Which is the debut which, album. Yeah, which, but that wasn't really ever, that was a collection of, like, the best songs from, like, three EPs. That's why it was greatest hits. So I never really, like, announced that as a debut album or anything like that, you know. And then the thing after that was an an EP that was six songs, although it was quite long. It was probably like 25 minutes or something. So, um, you know, that's verging on an album. But like, yeah, when, like some people have called it my debut album, which I definitely don't feel comfortable with. We'll just say it's the second album. That's oh, fine. Okay, okay. <laughs> do do you uh do you kind of think about what something is going to be at the end like or, or are you just like writing song by song and eventually you'll see what you have at the end of the process like does an album like kind of come into your thought at the start or is it only at the end um definitely with come with the softies i i wanted to write an album like yeah from the start so but then there's loads of stuff that was discarded and that um, that I might go back to, you know, and there's always leftover bits from years ago that you might pick up again, you know, it's always a bit like that. Um, but yeah, generally I want to make albums, you know, that's kind of how I listen to music mostly is listen to people's albums. So that's kind of what I always am aiming towards. And and so kind of say just from maybe from a song right song point of view, like what what is your creative process? Just because like themes kind of come up with the EPs that that um and the albums um today, you know, there's kind of themes underlying them, and th- and there's a theme uh, with this one as well, kind of about the um uh, Irish nationalism and national nationalism in general through the context of uh, childhood bullying. Like was that something that you thought of first of all and you kind of wrote around that or again was that just kind of something that that came halfway through the process sort of thing probably the main part of the process is coming up with like a system for play playing music or something like that like the whole first batch of songs that ended up on the greatest hits that i was talking about that i would have started writing when i was in new york i kind of just built up a way of playing the guitar that I then got loads of songs out of or something by the end of that and particularly the second EP I had kind of like a whole process for how I would make songs that I knew exactly how it works you know so I could probably keep churning them out but it's it's not like satisfying or interesting to do that anymore and it's always about, uh, and then come with the softies, what I did to try and get around that was like bought a drum machine or like it's actually a sampler, um, an MPC. That, so I started with like uh, rhythms before and putting any chords over them or 
And I thought, and obviously, like, I didn't know what I was doing at, at the start at all. Like, I didn't have a plan or anything. It was just I had this new piece of kit that I was figuring out how to use. And I made, like, loads and loads and loads of just little, like, two-bar patterns or four-bar patterns or whatever. And then um, just inevitably came back to the guitar because it's the only instrument that I can actually play well, you know competently so then i started just writing songs over those bits that i had and then it was just a case of like mixing and matching all these weird little beats and that was interesting because like they don't they don't go together you know like if you if you hear the way the drums change from verse to chorus on most of the songs or something they just like they're to they're different time signatures like different uh feels and like yeah that was really fun to just kind of surprise yourself with like how you can fit things together or something yeah so now I, the point i'm at now is like i'm kind of at square one again where i just need to like spend a load of time kind of doing just messing around with something like just buy something new maybe new piece of equipment or something like that keep things interesting yeah so and if it's kind of nice it's like i've literally no idea what i will do next or something but i know i can't do that same trick of just sitting down with the drum machine even though i would know how to do that now much like way better than i did at the start or something it's just still it's not uh creative anymore you know so yeah and and so like is it all you on the album or did did you bring it back to the guys uh chris and solov to to play their parts on it yeah it was a really long process just because it's kind of yeah i'd written probably a good chunk of the songs that ended up on the album and tried to record them with with chris who's uh the guitarist in the band and has recorded like loads of most of my stuff and um they just didn't work basically you know it was like real kind of clunky uh drum beat sounds and um it just didn't sound nice recorded at all and it was also very very like laborious because the drum machine only had well to get into real technical details here it only has like two outs so you couldn't like record the separate tracks of the drums separately, you know, it could only be like, you couldn't really mix it properly, basically. You know, that was very, that was a real setback because it was just, and we tried that a couple of times and it was like, this just sounds terrible. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? Because I, I like the, the ideas a lot, but it just doesn't sound good, you know, it doesn't sound listenable. And so then we asked Solov to come in and just like um, play, record like acoustic drums versions of the sampler things. And like he's, he's really into that because he, he's just like really likes doing the weirdest possible thing on the drums, you know? And he's obsessed with like getting weird sounds out of the drum kit and like like tuning the drums in all different ways and 
um so like just because he was like really into into it it just kind of segued into being this band that um just worked worked really well and kind of had legs so yeah so like the final album is just basically like the live versions of those songs that we that we um toured with for a while i do i do think the sound the drums sound great on the album i also think the the album i don't know i don't know is the sound kind of like tighter like i've tighter leaner more direct kind of sound on there as well like it's it's very much kind of a, a guitar album i guess yeah it's fun yeah um i think it's it's kind of weird i i like it sounds like kind of um uh like post some kind of post-punk music maybe like sonically you know but i don't think that the the rhythms really come from that i don't know so i am quite yeah i'm quite proud of like how minimal it is like how much empty space there is and it's like it's really fast but it's really light as well or something and that's that's like a really difficult thing to do you know to make something that's like fast but not heavy you know and um the that theme of uh irish nat- nationalism and nationalism in general where did that come from that's quite a a post-brexit kind of idea i'm guessing that you're kind of thinking about it is it um yeah so like the very first few songs um on the album um i had the idea that i was going to do a release as my contribution to the like 2016 centenary of 1916 and i just wanted to do something that was like anti-nationalism you know anti the concept of the nation state i'm like half half english and half irish we moved i moved to to sligo when i was seven or something like that so basically grew up in sligo just like the anti english thing i really kind of lent into in a way like i i would be like really annoyingly english to people just to kind of get reaction you know and i think that that was like my way of dealing with just feeling weird anyway you know which ties into my sexuality and so they're kind of mixed up like i think there was like a confusion in me between like anti-Britishness and like homophobia or something like that, you know, or like fear of, yeah. And I think I've kind of like unpicked that, like through the process of making the album in a way and that I feel like way more comfortable saying I'm, I'm Irish and like proud to be Irish than I, I used to be, you know, which is uh, good, I think. It's it's interesting, like it's an argument that uh, I, I think, I think it was last year, 2020, that it played out, you know, kind of, there seemed to be a lot more kind of, you know, Brit bashing online or people, Irish people complaining yeah. about West Brits and stuff. And there does kind of seem like that duality maybe of, oh, it's a joke, 
but also there is kind of something else underlying it as well i don't know is it kind of like just uh like repressed nationalism or something that that's yeah, coming out like sometimes sometimes it is very funny obviously like and that's totally fine like it's good to be like anti-colonialist and to remind people of the history of that at every opportunity you know that's all good but then there is an element of it that's kind of just like little islander or something where it's like anything anything different it's just the biggest example of something different that has to be dealt with in ireland or do you know what i mean and i mean the the first track on the album is called uh where are we under attack from england and i've got to ask you about uh the video it's shot in ross carberry on the paddle boat in ross carberry where i'm from i spent oh, yeah. many many days as a youth on on the lagoon in ross carberry tell me everything oh, really? tell me tell me everything about ross carberry first of all and like your experiences of ross carberry in the video as well we could <laughs> we could just keep talking about ross if you want yeah uh that was like literally a magical day making that video because i did loads of research on what pedalos in ireland like all the different places that, that you can go and then when I figured out they're in Ross Carberry, I was like, it has to be there because also the song has the line like on the motorway down to Cork. So it just kind of makes sense that we're, that we're on a pedalo in Cork for some reason. And um, yeah, it was just really great. Like um, Paul Melody, who runs the Lagoon Activity Centre was just like so nice, the nicest person. Just like, yeah, took us out free of charge at 7am in the morning or something and was you know did was just so kind and it was kind of the big it was the big like outing of the summer doing that video because we went down to Cork and it was like you know it's that month in the summer where you're allowed to travel outside of your county so it was like the one kind of trip that we got as a band last year um and were there were there any accidents you didn't fall in the lagoon or anything like that at the end of filming or anything no no it was all it was it's pretty hard to knock those pedalos over like they're very steady well you were standing up you're standing up at a couple of points you know you've got i don't know is it a drone or something that was flying around it as well like you could have easily just looked lost your balance gone down i know yeah so so i mean like that that's just one example of the videos like we we mentioned that uh video series as well where um say the first song uh is a dragon's den type um type thing and the third song is about you in phoenix park and it's spliced with footage from the pope's visit uh to ireland in 1979 1980 um yeah and and so like obviously you're someone who's very big on big on the visual thing is it something that like comes clear to your mind straight away with with the song is it something that you you enjoy putting the thought process through working out like what is going to go with a certain song what song is going to be a a single or a video yeah it's definitely like something that i think about like once the music is finished generally it's not something that um i work towards that's like part of the the process from the start or something. It's always just like basically a promotional thing to, for the release, you know, that's kind of how I see it. But it's, it's just really, um, it's like so much better than a promo photo or something to make a music video. It's just like kind of an easy way into, to, um, 
an album or something like that, you know, I feel, feel like. And it's, yeah, it's nice to have just like a, a kind of a visual thing to go with the music that you spend so long working on or something, you know, it's just, um, I don't know, it's nice to have. I think Ah uh, was, was one where it was kind of like when we were recording it, I knew that they, it was going to be a music video series. Like I already had that idea at the time, but that's unusual. I guess I would, I would be interested in doing more of that, but it's just that all video stuff takes so much more money and like time to do. <laughs> um uh, and so as, as we come to the end of of the chat like what have you got planned next enjoy the last couple of weeks in america move back home and then kind of see how 2021 pans out i'm guessing like i presume that live gigs are top of your wish list yeah um i guess i'm just gonna gonna proceed as though we'll be allowed to do gigs like towards the end of this year hopefully and so i mean you know with that kind of light at the end of the tunnel you can start like um i just want to have basically a whole new set by the time that i'm gigging again you know that's my aim for the year really cool well hopefully well hopefully you'll get to play these songs live as well uh this album yeah. and 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 then those ones as well the new ones to come yeah that would be good yeah Although we've we played the songs so much that we're like sick of them at the stage. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I I, wish, I shouldn't say that. I definitely would love to play them. <laughs> cool. Uh, thanks a million for the chat, Miles, and uh, yeah, hopefully Hi, see you soon. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for having me.
you better.